Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. show here with a special duo here rising coaches di alliances dr marcus bright and adam gordon who's here on the show before with me here adam dr bright how you both doing today good to talk to you both for the show man doing great thanks for having us doing wonderful thank you so much boss man show on your radio you know what <laughs> <laughs> yes sir uh, yes indeed well let me start off with this uh I talked to Adam the day of the TSU game. I was going up there to see those guys play. Uh, the dance at Equity Inclusion Night there at Tennessee State University. And, but you all had to go to Minnesota that day for the Millock funeral. So I just wanted to ask you all about that experience in Minnesota that day after what happened again to another individual in that, in that, in that whole area. So uh, just, just tell me about that, man, and, and been there with Rising Coaches, been there to be successful support for that family, and having those uh, teams, uh, the women's team in Minnesota sent a letter to the family as well. How important that was for their family to feel that love from their own hometown Gophers there. Yeah, I'll let Dr. Bright feel this. I'll, I'll tell you this, like, it was right in the middle of our Equality and Inclusion Night campaign, and so we were kind of jet-setting across the country, going to different schools. And um, Dr. Bright and I were both at Ole Miss for their equality and inclusion game. And we received a text message and it just, the stars kind of aligned. And we saw that, you know, Minnesota women's basketball's equality and inclusion night happened to be on the exact same day, just five miles away from Amir Locke's funeral. Um, and I'll let Dr. Bright kind of tell the story from there because, I had planned to be there, but my travel, I got, I got delayed uh, in Chicago for, for like seven hours. So I ended up getting there late, but um, it, it really was amazing how it all came together. Yeah. As Adam mentioned, we were in the midst of an equality and inclusion night campaign, which ended up being uh, hosted and facilitated by over 140 colleges and universities across the country. And it, as history and fate would align itself that on February 17th, uh, the University of Minnesota women's team was hosting Rutgers and they were already planning their equality and inclusion night. And the, the funeral of Amir Locke who was killed on a no-knock warrant in Minneapolis, the same city uh, where many of these, the reactivation of a lot of activism in sports after the death of George Floyd right there also in Minneapolis. And he was being 
funeralized on that morning with the game happening that night. And we were able to facilitate communication between those that were around the family and the University of Minnesota women's team and two of their starters sent a letter of support to the family. Uh, they had a moment of silence uh, before the game. They wore black legacy uh, t-shirts uh, before and during uh, the game that honored uh, the uh, trailblazing black women's players at the University of Minnesota. They uh, had on the video screens across the arena players speaking about the importance of diversity and inclusion and, and black history. They honored champions of diversity and inclusion on the campus. And, uh, and that's, it's really, I mean, they did a phenomenal job. And we're talking about the flagship institution in the state of Minnesota, who up until I think last year was the only division one athletic program in the entire state who has the hearts and minds of Minnesota. You grew up in Minnesota, it's a high likelihood that you wanna to go to the University of Minnesota, that you wanna be a golden gopher. And so that kind of convening power that everyone in that arena that night uh, were, were made aware of the situation with Amir Locke, were educated about uh, some of the trailblazing black players of the University of Minnesota women's basketball team. And they got to find out uh, the multidimensional nature of the, of the athletes that they're watching, that they're not just there to, in, to entertain you, but they're people, they have hopes and dreams and visions, and they come from communities that they want to have uh, access, equal access and, uh, to the American dream. And so it was a phenomenal effort. Kudos to the University of Minnesota, their women's basketball program. Lindsey Whalen, uh, Simi uh, Gray Miller, certainly Rising Coach's family, Aaron Sinatra, the, the whole, the whole, Team, we were we flew into zero. I went I went from eighty degrees to zero in Minneapolis. A pneumonia trip, I call it. A pneumonia 80, trip from eighty to zero, but it was worth it. Uh, it was de definitely worth it. Yes, indeed. And you know what, guys, what I want to say this about what you are doing is because uh, I feel it in media as well, guys. Like it's not very many guys in my position in in, in in sports media. Let's be honest about that. And so, what you're doing on the coaching side. How can we in the media come together as one to get diversity in the media as well? Because, you know, even though I have a platform and a name, I still catch some, you know, some stuff from Power Five types and, and Group of Five types who, who want to kind of close the door to people who aren't certain people. So how do you say to us in the media who are pushing that same envelope you are with coaching to help us or crack down the doors to get open to get make, that's how do you see the diversity inclusion is good for media as well, as well as the players on the court? Well, I think, I think, you know, it starts probably, you know, I would think media follows uh, right there along with sports and entertainment, you know, and those sports and entertainment are the, the two most united, you know, uniting powers in the world, in the, in the history of mankind. And, uh, you know, media is right there to tell the story of it. Uh, and to provide the context. And so, you know, with rising coaches and, and the amount of coaches that we have in our platform, you know, that was, that was the, the end that we had access to. That was the access that we were able to leverage. Um, and so, you know, because of our relationships in the industry over the last 12 years, because of the number of people we've helped over the years, you know, it was easy for us to organize something like this for, for an important cause. And I would imagine anybody who has equity in their in their uh, field, like you do in media, 
you know, may be able to do the same thing uh, by just, you know, convening people together, uh, organizing and, and championing a cause. Uh, and of course, uh, with this equality and inclusion campaign, you know, we, they've got games built in. And so that was a great thing to, to center this campaign around. Uh, so each school was able to designate a game as an equality and inclusion night. Uh, so that certainly lent itself to, to the cause for sure. Yeah, I agree. And you all, the, the media can make anything important. You all have the, the megaphone. You can reach the masses. And that's an important, uh, putting issues on the radar. They're marching right now. They're reenacting the Selma Montgomery to Montgomery, the Selma to Montgomery march right now, trying to keep attention on the voting rights issue. So them doing the march is not meant to uh, necessarily solve the problem, but to highlight the problem, to make those in power uh, have to address it. And so, again, organizing and and we'll uh, we'll, I mean, the DEI alliance. I'm sure that we we'd be happy to partner with you all to help to elevate those issues because they are certainly connected, as Adam spoke as Adam spoke about. And we can we can leverage our collective power to try to create new pathways of uh, of opportunity and access and equity. Uh, in both industries, sports, media, entertainment, they all work together. No doubt. And you know what, guys? Well, I also love what you're doing, as I said. You mentioned voting rights. I know there's a big campaign in 2020 about voting. It's not a voting year again in 2022. Do you all see yourself getting involved in helping schools get guys registered to vote again and guys registered to vote again this year? I know last year made a difference. And as you see, um, I'm here in Atlanta. You know, John Lewis, C.T. Vivian, Joseph Lowry, Justin Jackson, all these people came through where I, I literally where I live at today, stroke of figures. So how voting meant so much to them, how voting is your voice to enact change you want to enact. So is that some you all be doing doing this year with the DEI Alliance? I was coaches to, to make sure you guys again register to vote. Let's just come up here in November down here in 2022 here in Georgia, other states as well. It's very important. Elections are coming up here real soon. Yeah, we, we want to support the efforts. There are already some tremendous efforts in the world of sports that are going on. The first campaign stop of this Equality and Inclusion Night that I attended was actually Clemson at Georgia Tech. And one of the Georgia Tech assistant coaches, Eric Revenue, Revenue had already been leading uh, 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 efforts to help student athletes get out to vote. And so we want to complement and expand and, and do all that we can to, uh, to highlight those issues. And then the whole, one of the, the underpinning um, reasons for doing this is to leverage the power of sports and the platform that they have to encourage people to address certain issues, one of which is voting, one of which, one of which is civic participation. Adam mentioned that we were in Mississippi and uh, a few years ago, the Mississippi State running back said that I'm transferring if you all don't take the Confederate flag out of the state flag. Within a number of days, it was taken out. And that, so that proved to be more effective in terms of getting the Confederate flag out of the Mississippi state flag than decades of marches and protests and rallies and everything else. And so being able to leverage the power of sports, particularly in certain strategic locations where sports can be tremendously influential and to give and create the climate for players and coaches to be able to articulate and build alliances and support around issues that are important to them so that people uh, can understand that they're not just voting to vote, but you're voting uh, to actually impact issues that will have a tangible uh, uh, impact on people's day-to-day -day life. Yeah, and, and uh, 
you know, the other thing that we're trying to do is support coaches uh, and really encourage them to speak up on issues. I think a lot of times coaches get so caught up in the competitiveness of the profession that they don't want to say anything that's going to, you know, in their minds be controversial or upset the apple cart. Uh, they're worried about their fan base and boosters, you know, and we're here to tell them, you know, no, you have this platform for a reason. It's time to use it for what you believe in. Uh, right around the time that the the Senate, the U.S. Senate voted on the John Lewis uh, voting rights bill, um, you know, West Virginia hosted a game against Baylor University, who at the time was number one in the country. Uh, and so we were behind the scenes trying to encourage the West Virginia Athletic Department and coaching staff to send letters, make some sort of statement, wear T-shirts, whatever, uh, to encourage their senator, Joe Manchin, who was one of the uh, the key senators blocking the bill from being passed uh, just to use, you know, again, just like Marcus talked about with the University of Minnesota, West Virginia University has the same impact in that state. Um, you know, we weren't able to do that, but you did see other figures in sports like Nick Saban uh, and Jerry West, two of West Virginia's legends, uh, wrote letters to Joe Manchin. And so that's, that's the type of, uh, you know, obviously our equality and inclusion campaign is out front and visible, but that type of behind the scenes work is, is definitely something we're advocating for and, and, you know, trying to work on all the time uh, when the opportunities present itself. Most definitely. That's, that's so important you said it, Adam, because like you said, man, they have leverage and power, man, because people listen to them and trust them. You know, they they like, oh, okay, Coach Saban's behind this. You know, all these guys who Jerry Lewis is behind this. So I feel like sports figures have sway. And like, Child to Coach Jay. I'm, I know last year we talked about it last year as well. Adam, me and you did as well. You know, he put his neck on the line for his players and stood by those players, and he got fired for it. And I'll tell them probably, bro, you you did some lot coach wouldn't even did. You know, you stood by your players. And Coach Jay's an example. He said, Adam, using your platform for good. He didn't care that what the boosters and was talking. He was about this is what was right for my guys. I'll stand with my guys. So Coach Jay's a perfect example for any coach out there who's still on principal. He got hired by Steve Forbes again. He's, he's running for new jobs now, uh, Coach Jay is, because what he did. Because his players know this guy has about back and really trusted and believing him. No, those some of the coach played for Jason Jay, he will have my sons back. And I appreciate you shining the light on that last year and continuing it to this day because what ETSU did by forcing them out really didn't receive the national uh, attention that it probably should have had. You know, you had a coach who uh, knelt with his players during the anthem and, and uh, two, three months later was out of a job despite a 20-plus win season, uh, which is unheard of. And, you know, there were there were things that the university did to, to settle it and and quiet the issue down. Um, but I appreciate you speaking the truth about it because those in the industry and those close to it know exactly what happened despite, you know, the official statements that came out. No doubt. And you know what's it's funny, I'll, I'll throw it out there. They won't let Coach come on my show, which is fine. I'm like, good. <laughs> that means I was right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And again, I just appreciate you. And we're the same way, you know, like, we got into this thing not to uh, appease, appease, you know, the higher ups. We're in oh, this definitely. thing to try to impact and make a difference. And so, you know, I was really proud of the fact that the DEI Alliance made a statement right away after that, you know, out front and in the public 
expressing how we feel about it. Most definitely. That was the main thing about it, Adam, because it was it was wrong. It was he was right, they were wrong, you know. And that's why I feel like this. I'm Dr. Bright made a mention of this. In in the South in particular, Adam and Dr. Bright, I feel like the fans care about the players on game day, but don't care about them beyond game day. For those two or three hours there in your uniforms, I love you. But don't care about getting killed by the police. Don't care about policy-wise, their, their living conditions back home. So for me, it's like, that was always my fight. Uh, when I played ball myself, it was like, these folks don't care about us beyond just today's game. They don't care if I eat, live or die, whatever, beyond touchdown or whatever happened today. And I feel like that more coaches should fight, push back against that with their fan bases. I know they want boosters and want money and want people to – but come on. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, to Marcus's point earlier, again, um, you know, in Mississippi, they had that Confederate symbol on their state flag for, for years. And, and people have been trying to change that for decades. And as soon as the leading rusher for the Mississippi State football team said, I'm out of here if you guys don't change it, it was changed within four days. So it just shows you, you know, the power that athletics has. And, and, you know, if you leverage that, if you're willing to step out and, and put that on the line a little bit, you can, you can get some things done. And multiple coaches showed up at the state capitol to advocate for it. So it wasn't just one institution or one coach left out to dry, uh, but multiple coaches came out. And that's the power of the alliance. As I look at, if you, look, if you go to the Rising Coaches Twitter or the Rising Coaches DEI Alliance Twitter, you'll see a map of all of the participating institutions who participate in equality and inclusion night. And it's, it's an incredible geographic footprint. And I think it can be even more powerful than even a, a pro sports movement because not every state has a pro sports team. 100%. But if you look at the geographical footprint, we are with Eastern Washington to uh, North Dakota to uh, Mississippi to a lot of these state schools. Uh, and even in cities like Memphis, where the, the Tigers are, are, are over the Grizzlies in terms of their hearts and minds. I mean, the, the, the Grizzlies are having a good season. But, but when, a, when, a, a when the Grizzlies Tigers are rolling, the Tigers tiger are rolling, it's Tiger Town. <laughs> and it's time, and they can have a tremendous influence both on and off the court. And uh, one, of the, one of the great, um, I'm, you know, and kudos to Adam Action Gordon. I'm calling him Adam Action Gordon. A lot of people, Adam is about taking action when he, when he sees something I need to do. And he really, uh, you know, spearheaded this campaign and, and, and put everything behind it. And, uh, you know, you know, we, we came in line. I said, uh, a number of people said, hey, we're with you. But one of the, the things that we got to do was have a lot of conversations with coaches prior to the game and shoot around with players. And I remember talking with Kermit Davis, who's from Mississippi, and uh, his, his father played, in the, uh, played on the 1959 Mississippi State team that went 24-1, and won, won the SEC, thought that they may be able to win a national championship. And the governor at the time, Ross Barnett, prevented them from playing in the NCAA tournament because the tournament had black players in it. Wow. And so I think that this, this was something that his father had to have carried for years. And then Kermit Davis carried it. And for him to be a part of changing that flag is like poetic justice, full circle. But it's probably something that he felt a long time ago, but it was sports bringing the opportunity and then having the backing of other coaches. And I think his comments of him saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a native Mississippian and uh, the flag needs to change 
was probably uh, very impactful in terms of helping to change uh, sentiments in the state capitol and getting that done. Yes, indeed. And you know, it's, it's, it's bad for me, guys. I go, when I drive from Nashville to Atlanta, five miles in Georgia, the Confederate flag is flying like it just it hits you in the face. It's on the left hand side on I 75 going to like this hits you in the face. Like, God, ugh, makes you want to cringe. But it's like, I, I hate what I see because it just signifies negativity. And I'm glad Colonel Davis stepped up. I've known him for MTSU, Murfreesboro, down the street from TSU, Murfreesboro, the Blue Raiders. And, uh, I was going to change that, that name as well because I, I know what that actually means. For those who don't know what it really means, it really means they, they make performances. Brigade was called the Blue Brigade. That's what it really means. Mm. So it needs to be changed, to be honest with you. They changed Forest Hall there on the MCS camp, but they never changed the, the, the actual name of the school, the, the mascot name. But it's what it, a blue writer really means, guys. It really means uh, that the Baby Forest is man, man who's found the KKK's um, <laughs> brigade, the Blue Raiders. That's what yeah. that's what it, that it really is. Yeah. So, and, and that's how deeply entrenched a lot of this is. You know, I, I, we, we, I grew up taking field trips to Nathan Bedford Forest State Park in Tennessee. My grandfather left Tennessee State University. Exit 126 on our Ford. I know right yeah. where he is. Get this. My grandfather, he went to he left the cotton fields of West Tennessee, went to TSU. He left TSU in 1942 to volunteer during World War II. He registered at Camp Force in Tennessee. So that's the, you know, so you know, we believed uh, in the country more more than the country even believed in and and uh and us speaking as a as a as a black American fighting going abroad to fight for rights he didn't even have here in, in, in many cases but uh but it was sports you know you look at Jackie Robinson 1947 it opened up a lot of doors for people and uh and and and, and broader mainstream society to have access to opportunity and thank and we're and I'm just uh, grateful to be a part of this the new vanguard in terms to, to, to usher in, along with the boss man, along with Adam Gordon, along with Daryl Jacobs, Brian Burton, uh, Kim Hampton, Aaron Sinai, many more. This is a new era. This has never been done. I'm gonna say it right now. This has never been done in the history of college sports for 140 colleges and universities to come together around issues of equality and inclusion in a coordinated and a unified way, never been done before in the history of college sports, done. February 2022, Adam Action Gordon. Action Gordon, yes, 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 yes. And Adam is all about action. And Adam is, I can tell you what, man, so Adam's off offline, man. You all actually care and re really put stuff to, to action to work because a lot, a lot of people say they want to do something, but a lot of coaches is doing. You all actually out here making differences with coaches, getting them experiences, helping them get jobs, showing them how, showing them how to get jobs, giving that diversity, inclusion, and, and equity, because that's all, it's all, it's all it matters, man, because I got to Adam off, I told Adam this story offline, Dr. Bright, that I didn't learn about race till I was six years old, playing travel baseball, right? There was a, there was some kids who looked like me, but guess what? They spoke French, Portuguese, Spanish, had a white kid who spoke um, Spanish as well, uh, a, a kid from South Georgia, a Canadian dude, a Japanese kid. I said, Dad, it's something, I'm six years old, guys, something weird. Like, these kids look like me, they talk different. <laughs> then, then my dad was like, let me tell you a quick little story, son. He, he broke it down to me about slavery. You know? I'm saying, he said, son, 
it's a point of a finger and a boat trip is why he speaks Portuguese, he speaks Dutch, you English, you Spanish, and him French. And he speaks English and he's a white kid. It's all a point of a finger. And, but the beauty of the guys with this guys, we didn't care. We didn't know, we, all we knew was hit the baseball, win the game, get another bus trip. <laughs> you know? Some of the guys, we're still friends to this day. So I know hatred is taught, guys. Because <laughs> six years old, we're different, all different backgrounds. But we all got along because we had a common goal to just win the baseball game and get on the bus again. It got me out of the hood for a few days. <laughs> Wherever they came, I them out of there. For, so for me, guys, like that six year, that, it's about six years old, shows me that, hey, this world can change. It's changeable. Kids are, kids are taught to hate. It's, hate's not an acquired thing for a child. It's taught. And for me to get taught at less than six years old, that's how that's just my that's typically all the time, guys. This is what this is what really taught me about people. How that's how I gauge my life because that's what none of us kids did not care about who what race we were. We all, all we cared about was winning a game and seeing each other on the bus next day, next, next day, and winning some more. Yeah, and again, that's that's the uniting power that sports has, right? Like it yeah. it brings people together of all backgrounds uh, around a common passion, a common goal, like you said, and. Um, that's what, you know, like rising coaches is trying to awaken the coaching industry to um, is like so many coaches, you guys, we have the ability to influence your athletes and these athletes, they're all hometown heroes somewhere. These athletes are stars uh, in their communities amongst their peers and coaches have their blinders on 24 seven because the job is so, so competitive and so demanding and time consuming uh, there's a lot of things wrong with the profession. And so, yeah, rising coaches, that's what we try to do is identify those blind spots. And because, you know, I'm not in the profession anymore, I can really zero in on it, lock in on it, but I've lived it. So I know where to, you know, we know where to look, we know what buttons to push, but yeah, come on now, coaches. Like you guys are some of the most influential people in the country for real. Like when you think about it, you know, the people you have access to every day, and the amazing things that they go on to do. Um, we're really just encouraging these coaches to educate your athletes, have these conversations with them. And then if they want to take a stand, let them do that. Um, but, you know, these are 18 to 22 year old kids. And a lot of them don't even know what's going on uh, or, or, or aren't aware of all the facts. Um, and some of them are, and they educate themselves and that's awesome. But, you know, as a coach, it's your responsibility to introduce your athletes to some of these issues uh, and then let them make their own decisions and, and conclusions. Go ahead, Doc. I agree 100%, leveraging and utilizing the power of sports. I grew up in Tennessee, and uh, regardless of the history of the state and even the, the social segregation that may have been experienced in a town like Martin, Tennessee, where I'm from, on Saturday, we threw that orange on, and it was about Rocky Top, and it was about Go Vols, and it was about beat, beat the Florida Gators, even though, they, even though we rarely did. But we came together. <laughs> so let me came ask together. you. So let me ask you, Doctor Bryce. You was a so you were a you was you were a Skyhawk fan. You was a Vol fan. <laughs> Tennessee football, Memphis basketball, and uh, you know Skyhawks. You know, I grew up. I grew up. I'm pretty much on the campus. So I mean, I'm, I I support the Skyhawks. You know, growing up, you know, there, there wasn't a big winning tradition, but you know, we heart shout out to Martin Tennessee. Salute. 
Hey, exit 108. I know where the exit is going. Yeah, he knows the exit. Sounds like he some trips <laughs> exit 108, Huntington. Yeah. I know where to go. Yeah, you, it's Parker's Crossroads. Yes, I know how to get Highway 22 North. <laughs> yes. Hey, I have traveled those roads. I know. Hey, I know how to get more here. I can get the Eastern Kentucky, Murray. I know how to get That's all right. the places within That's OVC. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, I hey, I remember Adam was at SEMO for a while, Cape Girardeau, I had to get to Cape Girardeau, Cape very easily. So, yeah, like, yeah, I remember all those trips. <laughs> I remember all of them. Yeah, yeah man, like I said, go ahead, brother. Yeah, I'll just say, you know, and the best thing is that, you know, we now have a national organizing platform uh, that we can do a number of different things with, beginning here in Miami on the 23rd and 24th with an empowerment series focusing on economic empowerment. There's a big tech boom going on here. We got most a lot of the major tech companies come in to talk to the student athletes. Also, presentations on uh, uh, financial investing and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and all that to, to financially empower the student athletes. We come in behind that with this symposium series to give space uh, and and time and effort and attention to hear from coaches, from administrators, from athletes about their issues uh, in diversity, equity, and inclusion, and then partnering with some of the best researchers in the country to be able to reduce, to produce uh, documentation on how athletic administrations are doing in their hiring processes and in their contracting processes and that kind of thing. And then figuring out ways working together uh, to try to create systematic solutions to improve uh, what we know as sports and, uh, and improve issues in our society through sports. No doubt. Um, Adam, any final thoughts? Adam, before you wrap, 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 brother? And boss, man, I just appreciate you having us on the show and, and uh, you know, leveraging your platform. Uh, would definitely love to have further conversations about, you know, ways we can help uh, with equality and inclusion in the media. Um, but it really has been remarkable to see, you know, this, this equality and inclusion campaign come to life. It was something that we had talked about and was a thought back in 2020 um, while we were hosting social justice roundtables through Zoom after George Floyd was killed. Um, we, we kind of waited to see if the NCAA or somebody, uh, you know, a bigger organization would run with something like this in 2021. It didn't happen. Uh, and, you know, we, we sat down in one of our meetings and said, hey, we're, if no one else is going to do it, we're going to do it. We need to organize a, a, a campaign in college basketball around this topic. Uh, and, and I'm just so grateful for our team Dr. Bright, Daryl Jacobs, Brian Burton, Kim Hampton, Aaron Sennett um, really made this thing come to life. And we did it out of our kitchen, basically uh, sending out, you know, our equal sign lapel pin uh, that I'm wearing now to uh, every single Division I men's and women's program in the country, emailing with every AD, marketing department. It was a lot of work that went into it, but to see it come to life and uh, over 150 universities across the country uh, from coast to coast take part in it was really remarkable to see and it really is just the beginning now it's an established campaign um, it was a great awareness piece that we're really looking forward to build on uh, and, and really now the work begins to make the impact no doubt Dr. Barry final thoughts thank you again and thank you to Adam Action Gordon thank you boss man show the best is yet to come you got there, right, folks. That's Dr. Marcus Bright, Adam Gordon on the Boss Man Show on your radio. Special guest today. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll do this again real soon, people. We are out.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.